Okay, before I even get into this message, I have some words I'd like to share. First of all, this isn't a word of knowledge. This is just something I want to do. Is there anybody here that's in pain? If you're in pain, stand up. We're going to pray right now. We, want, we don't want any distractions keeping you from receiving the goodness of our great big God. So I pray right now over everybody here that has any pain in their body. I speak to that pain. I speak to that pain and I say, go now in Jesus' name. I speak to any physical cause of pain and I command that physical cause of pain to be healed healed and restored to normal now in jesus name i speak to any spirit of pain i speak to any distraction of pain and i say go now in jesus name say i receive it i receive it in jesus name amen praise him praise him praise him praise him I feel like there's a mama or more than one that, I'm sorry, I I completely said that wrong. A child who has a burden for their mother. Are there any children here, grown children, that have burdens for their mother right now? Maybe the mother is um, going through something and and you've got a, a burden on your heart for your mom. If you have that, stand up please. See, I can't see hands, but I can see bodies. Okay, there are a couple people here. This is for you. Father God is talking to you right now. And he's saying, I love your mother. And I'm taking care of her. Father, I pray right now for the hearts right now of the people that are just burdened for their mothers. And I pray for them right now. Father, I pray that you give them a supernatural peace Not just a feel-good peace, but a peace that carries them through knowing that you are taking care of their mothers and that you are taking excellent care of their mothers. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody here who has something going on in their right ear and possibly into their jaw? Thank you for standing up right away. Anybody else? I speak over right ears right now. Go ahead and lay your own hand on your own ear. You're a believer, right? God says believers lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I speak right now over those ears and the jaws and the the eustachian tubes and anything that's in there. I speak over the sinuses. I call healing right now moving into those ears and into those um, sinus cavities, even into the teeth. Any pain right now that is in there, I command it to leave. Any cause of pain, leave now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, for healing those ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, God's so amazing. This morning I was just in in prayer. A lot of times I spend time in prayer the day that I'm going to minister, seeking, literally, seeking words of knowledge, words of wisdom. And this morning he gave me a word. Later in the day I got a phone call from somebody who needs this word. I'm not going to say who it is, but it's somebody on our ministry team. So I'm going to give this word. It's from God directly to you. And it's an issue, and it might be for more than one person, but I know it's for at least this one person, in the groin or in the lower abdomen. So if you have that need, receive this right now. I speak the healing of Almighty God, the powerful resurrection power healing flowing through your body and healing whatever it is in that area. 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And if that's you, say, I receive it in Jesus' name. Um, the next one, I have a couple more. The next one is the rib cage. I just saw literally a rib cage. I have no idea what that was about. But if anybody has anything going on in that area of their body, go ahead and stand up. Rib cages. I don't know if it's a fractured rib or a broken rib or something else. Okay, I don't see anybody standing, but I've learned through experience that I'm obedient. Somebody may be watching this on video. So I speak to rib cages right now, and I call them sutured. I call them re-knit. I call them healthy and made well and restored to normal. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And the last one that I have is... Um, um, I believe there's people here or somebody here that has a sense of disappointment and um, a disappointment that is um, kind of very deep into the, the point of feeling hopeless. Well, this is what I believe God is saying. He's saying, oh no. He's saying, this is a day for a new igniting of your hope. This is a day for that hope not only to be reignited, but for expectation to rise up. Expectation, great, joyful expectation and receiving of everything that God has for you. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. In Jesus' name. Tonight I'm going to be talking about the goodness of God. Is he good? All the time. God is good all the time. You know, we say that, and yes, we do mean it. I know that we do. But sometimes I think we just say it because we know to say it. Tonight, I want to really delve in to the goodness of God with fervency. Because he is so very, very worthy. He is so, so amazingly great. This message was literally given to me from God to give to you. And I want to tell you just how that happened really quick. About a month ago, um, we were um, at a funeral service. And this particular man who, whose service we were at, who we were honoring, is a man who we knew through another ministry that we are on a different day of the week. It wasn't anybody from Life Christian Church. When we went to the funeral, the, the person who was um, officiating said something that really greatly burdened, grieved me. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but he said something like this. He said, this person really wanted a miracle, but that just wasn't God's plan. He said more. I'm not going to say any more than that, though. And Kent and I walked out of there, and we were just hurting. It was like our good God was given an attribute of the devil. That's the devil's job description. Then the very next day, Kent and I were at church, and we were worshiping with the worship team, with the, with the church. And the song that was, we were worshiping to was the song that we started tonight. The song where we say, I'll shout because God is good. I'll dance because God is good. I'll sing because God is good. God is good. And I was praising and I was worshiping, and God spoke to my heart. And he, this is what he said. He said, Cindy, you tell them that I'm good. And I just stopped, and it was like, okay, God, I think I do. I think I do tell them you're good. But yes, I will tell them you're good. 
That same week, a man from Life Christian Church passed away. Some of you, I'm sure, know him. His name was Steve Tomlin. Really cool guy. He came to illness recovery just a couple times. I didn't know him real well, but I was asked to officiate at his memorial service. And guess what? I told the people. I told him, God is good. God is good. I told him, John 10, 10, that the thief is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God is good. Jesus came for life and to give us an abundance of life. And yes, we honored Steve. And yes, we looked specifically at how God took what was intended for evil and turned it around in a really amazingly great way. But that's why I'm sharing this message tonight, that God is good. God is so good. Would you open your Bibles with me to Psalm 103? God is good. With all my heart, all the time, God is good. Psalm 103, starting with verse 1. In fact, let's read it together. Let's, let's praise God together. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Yay, God. <laughs> Yay, God. It says in the scripture, Forget not all his benefits. Forget not his goodness. Forget not that he is the God who heals. Forget not that he is the God who forgives, that he is the God who redeems, that he is the God who pours out his loving kindness and tender mercies and renews our youth. Forget not. Will you turn with me to Acts 10, 38? Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus ministered, Jesus healed the sick, Jesus died for us to complete the plan for our salvation, for the gift of grace. And after he left, the church was birthed and the apostles went and they took the gospel, they took the story of Jesus to the world. And this is a scripture that tells what they told the people. This is what they said. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus came. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit. So are you. Jesus came. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit, and he did good. And in particular, my Amplified says, in particular, he cured, he healed those who were oppressed by the devil. That is so clear. It completely delineates the goodness of God and his, his taking care of the oppression of the enemy, the bad guy. That's his job description, sickness. But Jesus came to heal it. Jesus is good. He came to, to destroy the works of the devil. So this is the heart of what I want to talk about. The big question. 
I, I could speak all night about his goodness, but I'm not going to because there's a question that I need to answer. And the question is, why? Cindy, if God is good, then why? Why do people pass away? If God is good, why do people get sick? How many of you have had that question asked? I get it all the time. It's a really important question to know how to answer. So that's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to answer that question. If you have notepad, I would suggest you get it out. And it's going to be videoed. I think this is a really, really important thing for us to know. I'm going to um, turn with you, turn with me right now to 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to look at what the Bible says about knowing how to logically talk to people about what we know is true. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. This is why I'm sharing this message tonight. This is why I think it's critical for you to have this and for me to have this truth in my heart, deep in my heart. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts set Christ apart as holy. In your heart, in my heart, set Christ apart as holy, as good. And acknowledge him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you. But do it courteously and respectfully. God says to account for that hope that's in you. To account for that that thing in me that says God's good. To be able to logically say, yes, God is good and this is why. Yes, God is good and the devil is bad. And let me show you where it says that in the Bible. God is good. And we're going to talk about logically accounting for that. I'm going to talk about seven, seven possible reasons why either people are sick, get sick. Okay, so seven causes of sickness and disease and or why people may not receive healing. Now, before I start, I'm going to tell you all seven of these categories I was in. All seven of these categories, I had the potential to not be here speaking tonight. And I'm going to use my example all the way through this. The good news is when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. When you know the truth... You're healed. You're living the abundance of life that Jesus came. Right, Lisa? Yes. Okay. So reason number one. Is the person saved? Is the person saved? Until you become reborn, guess what? You live under the dominion of darkness. Will you turn with me to Colossians 1.13? Now, this is not a cause of sickness. Let me say that right now. But it possibly could be a cause of not receiving. Remember, I'm doing kind of two things at once here. First Colossians 1.13. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. If you are a born-again believer, that's where you are. You are drawn out of the dominion and the control of darkness. You are drawn in to the kingdom of the son of his love. Now, in the dominion of darkness is sickness, right? In the dominion of darkness is the, 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 the negative things of the world. But as born-again believers, we've been transferred out of that kingdom and out of the dominion of darkness. And we have been transferred into the kingdom of the son of his love. 
with the inheritance that comes with it. With the inheritance of salvation, healing, and deliverance. So the first thing that my friend Jenny did, the first day that she told me that it wasn't Jesus that put that sickness on me, that it was the devil. The first thing she did was led me to my salvation. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Jesus. And that's the first thing I do. When somebody comes to our meetings, when somebody comes, when I'm visiting somebody, when somebody calls me, I make sure they're saved. And that that inheritance is theirs. Now, God can certainly, absolutely heal somebody that hasn't been saved. Absolutely. But the point I'm making is that as a saved child of God, that is my birthright. Healing is my birthright. I want all of my, the people that we talk to and minister to to have access to the, to the inheritance. So lead your friends to Jesus. Number two, reasons why people either don't receive or causes of sickness. Do they know the complete truth? Do they know the whole truth? In this world that we live in, the truth has been whitewashed. Yep. When I was sick, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I knew that Jesus died for the forgiveness of my sins. And I knew that he died so that I could go to heaven someday. But that was all I knew. I didn't know the whole truth. There's a whole lot more. Jesus died to provide dominion for me over the enemy. Dominion over sickness. Dominion over death. Dominion over the enemy and all of his junk. Dominion over darkness. But if I didn't know that, I couldn't receive it. There's a, a, the, the Psalm 103 scripture we already read. You don't even need to put it back up. But I just want to just re- re- review. In one breath from God, he says that he forgives our sins, that he heals our body, that he redeems us, that he saves us, and that he gives us goodness, that he's loving kindness and tender mercies. All in one breath. It's all part of the gift of his inheritance. The word teaches, and I believed this before, before I knew the whole truth, that God forgives us. Would somebody that was really bad, really, really sinful, would God say, oh no, I am not going to forgive you. I'm going to teach you a lesson. No. Never. Never. But people say that about healing. That's a lie. I'm going to go there in a minute. Salvation. I believed in salvation. I believed, I didn't know the whole truth about salvation, but I believed that I would um, have eternal life in heaven after I died. I believed that much. But in order to receive salvation, well, let me back up for a second. That's God's will for everybody, but is everybody saved? No. In order to receive salvation, we have a choice to make. Our will is involved. Healing is also part of the gift of grace. But we have a part to play. We have a free will. We have a choice to believe it, to believe Jesus as our healer. Just like salvation. Not everybody's saved. Hosea 4, 6. Would you turn there, please? I know it's hard to find, but I really, if you have your Bible, I'd like you to turn there. 
because you might want to underline some stuff. And it might take me a minute too. Hosea 4, 6. The point I'm making is that it is important to know the truth in order to receive your healing. Verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. The scripture says that people perish from lack of knowledge. It also says people perish from not receiving knowledge. Maybe they have been told the truth and they choose not to receive it. I've had that happen to me. It breaks my heart. It's our part to have the knowledge and then to receive it into our heart and say, okay, I believe. When I was diagnosed with cancer, I chose to believe it. I chose to receive it. And like Jenny said to me, what do you have to lose? (laughs) I had a whole lot to gain. I knew that when I died, I was going to go to heaven. But I didn't die. Because I believed Jesus completely paid the price for my healing. And I received it. You know the scripture? I like to read it in reverse. Instead of my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, I like to read it like this. My people are blessed. My people are enriched. My people are healed because they have knowledge and because they have not rejected it because they've received it. I also will bless you and make you a priest for me because you have followed my word, because you have received my word, because you do my word. I also will remember your children. Yay, God. Amen. Amen. Knowledge, having knowledge presented to you. If you have friends in need, present the knowledge to them. It's up to them to receive it. But I believe it's up to us to give it, to share it. As Pastor Marie says, if you have this much knowledge, give it away. Give it away. Thank God Jenny told me truth. Number three, the third reason that people get sick or that they may not receive healing is because of the fall of man and the oppression of the enemy. The fall of man and the oppression of the enemy. We know that when Adam gave his authority over to Satan, sin entered the world and sickness came as a result of that. But I'm a believer. And through redemption, I now have dominion. But the enemy is a deceiver. And he is a master of oppression. Oppression I define as an unjust or a cruel use of authority. Unjust. He doesn't have authority over me. He doesn't have dominion over me. But if I don't know my authority as a believer, and that's the case in the world, all over the world, people don't know their authority. And if they don't know their authority, the oppression of the enemy is alive and running rampant in this world. That's why I'm sharing this, friends, because I want you to know, to go out and say, oh, no, that's not God's will. That's not God's will. First John 5, 19. I want to show you what the Bible says about the enemy in the world today. First John 5, 19. We know positively that we are of God and the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. 
The power of the evil one's still there, but we have dominion, complete and absolute. John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's it, right there. Line in the sand. Satan's job description is to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus' job description is to give us an abundance of life to the overflow. Amazing life. Is cancer in that? In Jesus' job description? Uh Uh-uh. No. Absolutely not. Jesus is good all the time. And the devil is bad all the time. Amen. But the problem is we have unanswered questions. And because we've got those unanswered questions, because maybe we've prayed for the person, maybe they have one of those big prayer chains that are going all over the place and they haven't received. And because of that, we have questions. And we say, or they may say, well, it must be God's will. It must be that God chose not to heal them. Okay, that's not true. You see, 2,000 years ago, God chose to heal us. It's done. He can't change his choice. It's finished. He made the choice to heal us through Jesus. He made the choice to redeem us through Jesus. He can't choose not to heal us today. It's all, that choice has already been made once and for all. It's done. In the name of Jesus, he is our healer. But in the world, we want answers so badly that we invent and make up answers that make us feel better about a present situation. People take an absolute biblical truth about God's goodness and they sacrifice it on an altar of human reasoning. I'm going to talk about three human reasonings that are out there that are lies. The first one is that somehow, for some reason, sickness is a gift from God. Yeah, it's a lie. It's such a lie. When that is spoken, when that is received, when that is embraced, when sickness is embraced as a gift from God, it is blasphemous because it is attributing to God the works of the devil. It makes me mad. (laughs) It must grieve God so very much. No, sickness is not a gift from God. God is good all the time, and the devil is bad all the time. The second reasoning The second common reasoning is that God gives us a disease to teach us a lesson. No. No. When I was diagnosed with cancer, Jenny started a Bible study in my school for teachers, and I know it was for me. The first met, the first, very first meeting, we're sitting around the table with our Bibles. She's leading it. And somehow this question came up, where does sickness come from? And one of the teachers, who was a very good friend of mine, said... Well, God gives sickness to teach a lesson. I was sitting there with stage four cancer. How do you think that made me feel? You know what Jenny said? 
she opened her Bible to John 10, 10. She said, oh, no, God does not give sickness to teach you a lesson. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan gives sickness. Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundantly. No, God didn't do that. The devil did. She clearly, clearly showed these teachers in the Bible what the real truth was. And she just gave me the sense of affirmation that God loves me, that God is good, that God didn't put that in my body. Amen. The third common reasoning that's a lie is that God is sovereign. He's in control. He knows best and whatever will be, will be. Well, God is sovereign, but he's sovereign to his word. He will not go outside of his word. His word is truth. His word is bedrock. And in his word, it is, it clearly shows that it's his will to heal. God isn't hurting us in some sovereign way. He's not making a decision to give us sickness for some sovereign reason. No, that's not our God. He is a good God and he wouldn't do that. God is good all the time and the devil's bad all the time. Jesus is the exact representation of God. The invisible or the visible representation of the invisible. That's our Jesus. I would love to just go into scripture and show you how good God is. And show you how good Jesus is. I don't have time to do that. But this is a point I want to make. And it's a big one. Is there a concept that you have of God that you can't substantiate or prove through the life of Jesus. If so, you better rethink that concept. Let me say it again. If you have a question or a concept or something that you're thinking about God that you can't prove through the life of Jesus in the gospel, then you better rethink it. So if you're saying, you know, it's, it, God does this to teach me a lesson... That's what the teacher said in that meeting. When I look at Jesus in the Bible, Jesus never, never put sickness on somebody to teach them a lesson. If you can't prove it by Jesus, then it's a lie. Jesus is the exact representation of Father God. So here's the bottom line about oppression. When we're sick, the quality of our life is lessened, is lessened and when we have a chronic or a terminal illness it can cause people to question god's goodness that's what satan wants that's called oppression when we are fighting sickness we're weakened in a weakened state so it's more difficult to effectively build up god's kingdom that's the that's the reason for satan's oppression but the question is which glorifies god sickness or being healed and testifying. Healed. Yes, being healed and testifying. So oppression of the enemy. Big reason why there's sickness and disease. Big reason why he attacks good people. Because he wants to make Jesus out to be not good. Well, he isn't going to do it at Life Christian Church. No way. Number four. Disobedience to the word of God. Disobedience to the word of God. Another reason for a cause of sickness and disease or possibly 
not receiving healing. But before I even say anything about this, this is what I want to start with. When we are born again, we are made righteous. When we are born again, we are positioned in righteousness. It's not something that we do. It's not um, being, you know, being a good person. Uh Uh-uh. It is a noun. It is who we are. Not because of me, not because of you, not because of our behaviors, but because of the blood of Jesus. Father God sees us through Jesus, and we are completely, absolutely righteous. Sin does not affect our right standing with God. Sin does not affect his love for us in any way at all. But sin does have consequences. And sin, I believe, can allow the enemy to have a foothold or uh, a barrier in your, in your heart for receiving, believing and receiving the goodness of God. I'm going to give you two quick examples of my own. One was that I, in my, when I was going through the season of cancer, God revealed both of these to me and cleared them out so that the enemy had no foothold. One of them was idolatry. I had idolatry in my life because God was not first place in my life. My priorities were completely skewed. God was way down on the list. I went to church on Sunday for one hour. That was it. I didn't read the Bible. I didn't pray. My job was first, believe it or not. Then my family. God was way down there on the list. I had idolatry in my life. God calls that adultery. Unfaithfulness to him. He's a jealous God. He loves us so much, and he doesn't want us having love affairs with the world, love affairs with your job, whatever it is. Our love is for him and him him first and foremost. Seek him first, and everything else will be added unto you. Jenny gave me this much information. She said, Cindy, spend time with God every day. Pray and read the Bible. Changed my life because I started readjusting And I fell in love with God, head over heels. The second area in my life was offense. Pastor Anton taught on it this week. I had a really big offense in my life I didn't even know about. But God revealed it to me. He loves us so very much. I was being held captive and I didn't even know it. I was being held captive by holding on to an offense. And when I let go of the offense... I was no longer held captive. I was free. I was free to receive. Free to receive everything that God had for me, including healing. I have a lot of teachings, I I think at least three, about this concept. And if it's something that you want more information on, you know, you can go online and watch them or or iTunes and listen. But it's it's just something that I, I don't have time tonight to delve into. But... Disobedience, sin, is a possible open door for a foothold of the enemy that I want out of there. Number five, the law of sowing and reaping. Would you open your Bibles to Galatians 6? The law of sowing and reaping. Another cause of sickness or disease and possibly a reason why you don't receive. When I started to have a, a, a progressively deeper understanding of, this, of these concepts... 
it just empowered me. My prayer tonight when I was preparing and praying and just, you know, seeking God about this is that there would not be one ounce of condemnation. That's the enemy. But that there would only be the love of God poured out through truth. Poured out through truth that will set us free. The law of sowing and reaping, Galatians 6 verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. This is a spiritual law. Just like in the natural, if you sow corn seed, you're going to grow corn. You're not going to grow a different vegetable. In our lives, the words that we speak are seeds that we sow. And we reap what we sow. In my life, I reap, I sowed words about skin cancer. I said things like, um, you know, I loved the sun, I loved warm weather, and I would go out in the sun with just a very little bit of sunscreen, and I'd say, oh, I know I shouldn't do that, I could get skin cancer. And then I would go to the tanning booth before a warm weather vacation, and I would walk out of there and say, I know I shouldn't do this, I could get skin cancer. I had stage four melanoma. I had skin cancer. I spoke, I sowed those words. In the book that, thank goodness, I learned to speak differently. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't buy it after Jenny started to talk to me about it and how to speak. I started changing the seeds that I sowed, and I reaped the words that I sowed. Uh, in my book that I wrote, the first book, there was a man that we met who had a dream early on in his life. And in his dream, he dreamed that he was going to die before he was 30. He started speaking that he said he told his wife he told his mother he told everybody i'm gonna die before i'm 30 when he was in his late 20s he got a very very serious illness kent and i didn't meet him until he was really sick i knew about this thing that he was speaking so one of the first things kent and i did was said don't say that anymore your words are powerful change what you're speaking and he did about two weeks later, this man um, had, he did not have cancer, but he had something in his lungs that was literally taking up all the space in his lungs. And he didn't, he couldn't keep oxygen. He couldn't exchange oxygen. One lung had zero oxygen exchange. The other one had 20%. About two weeks after we met him and shared this truth, he received a double lung transplant, which in itself was a miracle. But before he got that lung transplant, he died on the table was kept physically alive with machines until they put those new lungs in there. He is living. He is healthy. He has a son. He is about 40 years old now <laughs> because it was 10 years ago. But God took the words that he spoke. And after he stopped speaking the, the negative, took his positive words, took his words of life, and he received life. He received the fruit of his words. But our words are powerful. The law of sowing and reaping is another reason why people get sick or don't receive their healing. Um, a couple more quick examples. The man that I told you about at the beginning, the, the first funeral, the, the officiating person was honoring him. And he said that he started... Um, a meeting at his church called Finish Strong. Finish Strong. 
And when he walked into the very first meeting, these were the first words out of his mouth. I'm terminal. The law of sowing and reaping. Um, another one that is very common that I want to put out there because this is one we've probably all dealt with and that is what runs in your family. What's genetic? Heredity. You know, the doctor asks you all the questions. Does that run in your family? Now, here's good news. Genetically, you know, scientifically, whatever. But guess what? We, yeah, we are born again with a new DNA, right? Yes. Praise him. Praise him. But we need to speak that and say, no, I will not receive that genetic thing. No, I have a healthy heart or whatever it is. I have a healthy, you know, whatever it is that supposedly runs in your family. Say no to it because I have the DNA of Jesus. I have the inheritance of the king. Amen. Actions are also um, a way that we reap and sow, sow and reap by our actions. In my case, I went out in the sun and didn't use sunscreen. You reap what you sow. In my husband's case, he had a really bad issue with a kidney stone many years ago. He never drank water. He does now. He does now. We reap what we sow. Our physical bodies, we need to care for our temples. We reap what we sow. It's important that we sow actions as well that are healthy and reap the results of those. Number six, the sixth reason. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 30. We have a choice. God gives us a choice. Deuteronomy 30 says that he puts before us death and life, curses and blessings, and he tells us to choose life. Let me read the scripture. We have a choice. Starting with verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. The blessings of Abraham are mine, but I have a choice. Long life is mine, but I have a choice. I know people who have chosen death. Kent's dad was one. He was diagnosed with cancer in May. This is about three years ago. And he died in September. The very first words out of his mouth after he received the diagnosis were, I'm ready to die. And he chose death. You know what? I'm not going to go into detail. There was testimony through that whole season. Lots of amazing testimonies of God. But after he died, Kent got a word of, of knowledge from, from a, a woman of God that really helped Kent. Because needless to say, we were grieving. We were mourning the loss of his father, who we dearly loved, and he died before his time. But the, the, the person told Kent that God had spoken to her about dad. And she said that God honored dad's choice and not Kent's. God honored dad's choice. He chose death. We have a choice. We have a choice. So that's another reason why some people die before their time, before their full lifespan. 
And number seven. Number seven is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't need to know. And I've given up my right to understand. The bottom line is, I trust God. I know he's good. And if I don't know, I don't care. I just say, I don't understand. But I know, I know my God is good. And this is what God does for me. If the, if the um, uh, worship team wants to come back up, that would be awesome. This is what God does for me. He's done it many, many times. And I'm only going to give you a couple examples. In the midst of those I don't know times, when my heart's hurting, and I'm going to God, and I'm saying, God, I trust you. I know you're good. I love you. I completely trust you. But I, I'm just hurting. He has encouraged me in amazing ways. One of those times was when my cousin died. She was exactly my age, and she had brain cancer. She wouldn't receive God's truth. She's one of those people that Hosea 4, verse 6, she knew the truth, but she chose not to receive it completely. And I won't go into detail, but she chose not to receive it. The good news is I prayed with her for salvation about two weeks before she died. That's the great news. But I got a phone call about uh, that she had died, and I was at school, and I had my cell phone, and I was taking this message, and I was hurting. She was the cousin that I played with every Sunday when I was growing up. You know, my sister and Marcia and I, we were, you know, three peas in a pod, and she died. At the moment that I was just mourning and feeling so bad that I hadn't told more, this is what God did. Two mothers in the school came into my room and they, I had my phone in my hand and they're coming up to me and they say, Cindy, do you have any of your books here? We need your book to give to somebody in, that's fighting cancer. See, what God does is as soon as there's a bad report or a bad, you know, ending, he says, he encourages me. He says, Cindy, keep telling him. Keep telling him I'm good. Keep telling him I'm the God who heals. Keep praying for people. Don't stop. One more example. Um, We had a woman that was coming here. Um, This is years ago. Um, She had breast cancer. Beautiful, young, gorgeous woman. And she was doing great. Didn't see her for a few weeks. Didn't see her probably for a couple months. And I called. I thought, where did she go? And I found her number. I called. I didn't get her. Her mother called me. She passed away. I was a can at work when I got this message. And I drove home from work. And I'm just like so, you know, in one of those places of, God, I just don't get it. I don't know. I don't understand. And when I walked into my house, there was a message on the answering machine from a different woman. A different woman who had breast cancer. Who had a complete good report. Completely healed and made whole. Because that's what God does. He encourages us in the midst. His truth is real. He is good. He is the God who heals. I choose to believe it even when I don't understand. Final thing. In the midst of everything else, celebrate his goodness. In the midst of whatever it is that you may be fighting or waiting on, celebrate his goodness for that very thing. So if you are waiting to receive the full manifestation of healing and you're here right now expecting, 
celebrate Jesus the healer. If you are in need of financial breakthrough, celebrate God who provides the great Jehovah Jireh. Whatever it is that you have need of, celebrate the goodness of God in that very area. Exalt his name. Lift him high. Use the word, the scripture that, that is his truth about that particular thing. And celebrate his goodness. Amen. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to invite our ministry team to come forward. And you can go ahead and come right now and kind of get on the pink line in the front of the altar. And we have some pastors as well that are going to join us. Pastor Dino asked you to just be stirring up your believer and to come expecting that when hands are laid on you that you will receive. God is good all the time. He is the healer. If you are on this team right now and you have had a healing, raise your hand. Hi. Say, praise God, you healed me. And we're here right now, friends, to pray and to believe and to stand in agreement with you. And I believe the power of God, the resurrection power of God is going to flow tonight as we pray. If you receive a healing immediately, I would like you to go to one of the ushers and tell them. Those ushers will come to either Pastor Dino or I and tell us, and we're going to tell all of you. If you either have an immediate healing or a drastic improvement or you know in your inner being that God touched you. Sometimes you don't know immediately if you've been healed, but you know that you've been touched. Come and tell one of the ushers and we're going to glorify God together. So worship team, go ahead. to me and he said that one of the women that has been coming to illness recovery was diagnosed with MS um, uh, relatives of relatives beautiful people names Leslie she went to the doctor she's been coming for about two or three months receiving knowledge of the goodness of God doing the word she went to the to her first doctor's appointments and she started illness recovery she has absolutely no MS symptoms. None, 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 none. And the doctors don't even want to do any tests. <laughs> God is good all the time. And then Sam was just here. Sam was just here. And he said that when, when I had the word of knowledge about the ear and the sinuses, he says it completely just drained and was cleared completely in Jesus' name. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. He's in the business of healing. If you have a testimony, tell us. You don't need to do it right this minute, but tell the office. Call the office. Email me. Let us know because we want to declare the goodness of God to give him all the glory that he so deserves. Amen.